invite us to listen to Gospel according to Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And you might, you might hear where this, um, this hymn we just sang fits. You might not understand yourself to be a tax collector, but maybe you're there with, with him. Jesus told this parable to certain people who had convinced themselves that they were righteous and who looked on everyone else with disgust. Two people went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself with these words, God, I thank you that I'm not like everyone else, crooks, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I receive. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to look toward heaven. Rather, he struck his chest and said, God, show mercy to me, a sinner. Well, I tell you, this person went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Won't you pray with me? God, we come, we come from oh, various places. Some, some of us come from out of state. Some of us come from a, a place of hurt. Some of us come from a sickbed. Some of us come from mm, stresses of practicing, practicing, practicing music. Bring us together now. that together we might love you and each other and hear your word for us and bring it inside. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Zachary, thank you. Uh, you've been, God blessed you with long piano fingers. And in a good mind, in a in a good heart, use that well. I think you have a good family too, huh? Hmm. How many have learned piano at some point in their lives? Go ahead, raise your hands. Look at you. How many gave it up in eighth grade or so? <laughs> Yeah. How old are you? 
And don't give it up in eighth grade if you can help it. Well, by now, we have a sense that Jesus has criticized and continues to criticize the Pharisees more than anyone. They were a, they were a, a selected Jewish group uh, with strict attendance, uh, attention to the law and tradition and uh, liturgical customs. People thought that the Pharisees were among the elite of the religious, and of course the Pharisees themselves held them in high regard. Yet they failed to grasp the deeper meanings. I'm reminded of the student I was, I was teaching in social psychology in Tokyo, an energetic student. And she had translated every word of chapter three on socialization. Every word. And she came to class and I asked her, so what does socialization mean? And she couldn't give me an answer. She had gotten the details and not the deeper meaning. And that's what I think the Pharisees are, are caught. They consider the, the exact following of the law and tradition as their way to salvation. Consider themselves righteous and worthy of God's attention, but not in need of God's grace. They presumed they were in control of their own righteousness. We, we call this being self-righteous. It reminds me of the story of two monks, one one old, one young, and they were praying at the, uh, on, on different sides of the, of the same lake, and so they were able to hear each other. And the young monk uh, heard the old monk uh, praying, and, and he thought, oh, he, he's not praying the prayer correctly. And so the young monk got in his boat and rowed across the lake and, 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 and told the old monk how the prayer is to be prayed. And the old monk thanked him. And, and so the younger monk uh, rode back across the lake. Well, shortly, the older monk, uh, without a boat, walked across the water to the younger and asked, how is that to be prayed again? The purpose of our traditions is to bring us closer to God and to each other. Oh, we're called to worship our prayers, our offering, our music, our sermon, the greeters, the ushers, the coffee servers, uh, the tech team. We, all we do together here is not to follow a tradition, but, but to bring us closer to God and to each other. And this includes those of us who are present in the sanctuary as those of us, as well as those of us online, some, something we're only learning how to do. And from God's view, we also are meant to be brought closer to our sister churches in the, in the circuit, uh, the Solomon Community Temple, New St. James, Central, Summerfield, Fee Hispanic, our neighboring churches of other denominations and, and our non-church-going neighbors. Jesus portrays the Pharisee in this parable as self-righteous, comparing himself favorably with others as being more righteous, and particularly with the tax collector. 
He's justified by having followed all the laws and traditions and little need for God's grace. After all, he fasts twice a week and gives 10% of his income, so he must be better. That attitude separates him not only from God, but from the others. Now, clearly, the people that he mentioned are not the most upstanding, the, the crooks, evildoers, and adulterers, but he acknowledges no fault of his own, even his failure to love his neighbor, as dictated in the law. Following the law did not help him to walk humbly with God and be merciful to his neighbor. Let's look at the tax collector, one who has paid for his position and therefore is known by the public to be corrupt and collecting, in addition to the required fees and tolls, uh, extra for himself to maintain his position. This person cannot justify himself as righteous. He knows he's corrupt. He knows his separated state from the people and from God. He, he stands at a distance from others. Cannot even raise his head to heaven, which is the, the traditional posture of prayer at the time. Instead, lowers his head in humble confession, perhaps the source of our own prayer posture. Jesus tells us which one of the two God forgives. So I call this value the knowledge of one's need for grace. I call it humility. You know, the often memorized verses from Micah 6, 6 and 8, uh, give us some background for this parable. And I read, With what should I approach Yahweh and bow down before God on high? Should I come with entirely burnt offerings, with your old calves. Now he's told you, human one, what is good, what Yahweh requires from you to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Justice and mercy before neighbor, humility before God. This tax collector came humbly before God, confessing the truth of his separation. The Pharisee didn't think he needed to. There was no humility, no mercy, no recognition of his separation from God and neighbor. Well, I met a man this week who came humbly before God he had every reason with his background to approach God and neighbor with pride of accomplishment and service. Yet he knew his brokenness. He took it humbly to God, seeking mercy, reconciliation with others. This brought me to pray for him. Even accomplished people have important relations that are broken, ways they have contributed to their separation from others. Without being honest about these, healing cannot take place.
I've often said there are no secrets in the spirit realm. And we're all in the spirit realm. God knows everything already. So if I want to approach God, our creator, we, we, we can't come with lies or parts of our story that we want to hide. We may want to keep secrets from others, even our friends, our spouse, and, and, and parents, to make them think better about us. Some broadcast false images about themselves, even though the truth has been photographed or recorded. We call this impression management. There is no impression management with God who knows everything. If I want to be forgiven, if I want reconciliation with God and others, I have to acknowledge my guilt and humbly confess the truth. I talked with a man this week who seemed to deny his gift of reaching out to others. It, it does no good to deny our talent, our goodness, our possibility. Doing so cuts us off from God who gifted each of us with a core in our being of love and talent that we can use to further God's will on earth. Each of us is gifted. We pray regularly that God's way will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do we then not have responsibility to use their gifts to further that work, whether it is in church work or raising a family or class of students or serving a company of people whose lives are bettered by your service? God has called each of us and has blessed each of us with talent. Being truthful in approaching God is in part to recognize with thanksgiving the ways that we have been blessed. I was heard to point out to someone who said he was not an evangelist that I had seen him stand in the cold selling pumpkins to neighbors of the church. And he then acknowledged that he had also told them about the church and invited them to worship. Well, that is being an evangelist in an organic kind of natural kind of way. Feel your heart. Know your heart. Follow your heart. God has touched you there. This is part of your truth. To approach God thinking that you are nothing is, is as selfish as, as it is to say that you're everything. For you are denying God's graceful love and the way God has been at work in you. My brother Paul tells this story of receiving communion. On one particular occasion when the, when the communion wafer was placed in his hand, the officiant said the words, the body of Christ. He felt like Christ was being placed in his hand. 
Christ was entrusting himself to him. Maybe you felt that too. Yeah, I felt that in, in the taxi, midnight taxi coming down the gates. When I heard the words, I depend on you. Coming to God in truth and humility is in part to thankfully accept the way God has called you, has gifted you, and has provided opportunities for you to naturally be part of God's work on earth. <laughs> I, was, I was once called by the faith-based organization I was serving to direct the organization's work in the region of western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, something I did for for three years, but at first I thought if this organization doesn't have anyone better than me, it's not as good as I thought and I should quit. And I was in Dallas at the time and I thought I could be a bull rider or a race driver. Now if I had been on my own that would have been true. But when we approach God truthfully and humbly, we must acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit, of the resurrected Christ that has been gifted to us, each of us. We're not alone. My prayer for this church is for each of us to be truthful with ourselves, with God, and with each other. Truthful about our brokenness. Truthful about our gift, our calling. Amen.